Kaminsky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Steve Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Matt. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Puck Puck Pass. As always, I'm KJ, joined by the wonderful and lovely Zach Mack. How are you doing today, bud? What's up, man? It's a holiday weekend. I couldn't be doing any better. How are you doing? I'm good. It's not really a holiday weekend for me, unfortunately. I, I work Saturday night and... Sunday morning and Monday morning, so, but they're short shifts, so I'll get to enjoy the weather at least. Um, we have, yeah, we have a loaded show though, and we are recording late Friday night. Anybody listen listening to this podcast, huge shout out to Zach Mack for waiting around for me tonight. Work's been crazy, <laughs> but we're ready to go. It is Stanley Cup final time, ladies and gentlemen. We are so, well... I want to say so psyched because it's the Stanley Cup final, but I'm looking at these teams. I got a I got a division rival with the Blues in Boston. I mean, the Devil incarnate. We'll talk about the matchup itself, but let's talk about the end. Let's start with the end of the Western Conference Finals. We'll we'll get to to how we're here, but the the end of the Western Conference Finals was so anticlimactic mainly because of the Sharks' injuries. But what did you see, if anything, that is giving you a little bit of hope for the Blues in those last three games, I want to say, of the Western Conference Final? Yeah, anticlimactic is actually, and we didn't even talk about this before the show, but that's actually the word I wrote down for the the end of that series. Um, It almost seemed like the – because I'm a huge conspiracy theorist myself, so it's like the Sharks get – this no no call hand pass goal that gives him the 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 lead in the series was that or uh, I think they went oh, up to remember how long yeah. ago that was yeah okay that was and, and then that was after last that episode so yeah yeah and then after that it, it was like and then so the NHL is like those refs are done for the playoffs and then it was and I literally I mentioned to someone but I was kind of pretty much under my breath and I was like I don't think any refs that go in there are gonna let the Sharks win another game. So it's just kind of funny to see that the Sharks didn't win another game, and it, it seemed like the hand pass was their end-all, be-all. Yeah, it is weird because a lot of teams, and people have said this, a lot of teams would kind of you know, put on their boo face and just kind of crumble when something like that doesn't go their way. Um, and fortunately for the Sharks, this is the first time where a controversial call in their favor didn't end the series. So because we, you know, it's been late in both series previous. Yeah, so yeah. this this game three matchup was kind of – it was probably the best thing that happened to the Blues because they realized that they weren't going to – they weren't going to get the call to help them win a game. So they had to go out and win the games themselves, and they did. They played awesome. Bennington was great. But on the other side, and I don't want to take anything away from the Blues, but – You've got the corpse of Eric Carlson out there skating. I mean, the guy can barely skate in the third period of any of those last three games. And then, you know, Pavelski's out, Hurdle's out. And I think that was it. I might be missing somebody, but I mean, 
Thornton did everything he could. Burns did everything he could. I mean, even guys like Goodrow kept producing. Um, they just didn't have enough. There's a lot of firepower on the St. Louis team that might just be coming alive a little bit. Uh, and they looked just as dangerous as as they kind of led us to believe they were. And I think that's why they they moved on. It's because they just kind of turned into kind of what we might have thought they were at the beginning of the season. That's what they were those last three games. Yeah, I, I was extremely impressed with St. Louis for a couple of reasons uh, in the back half of that series. One being just the depth. I, the fact that they could play as, as many lines as they did for as consistently as they did and put up production, I thought was very impressive. And also Bennington. As much as I've been on the Bennington train all season, he still impressed me. Uh, it, it's amazing that this guy can continue to step up game after game and not necessarily... I mean, he's not necessarily putting the team on his back. I don't want to discredit the the skaters for that team in that way, but he's as far as I can tell, he's the heart and soul for that team, and he and he has been that since the beginning of the calendar year. Yeah, I mean they're they're playing for him like I've never seen before. Like, not to that's go a good way to put too it too far, but it yeah, I mean they. It was like, kind of like the Morazic Howard debate early on when that was happening. It did seem like the players wanted to play for Morazic a little bit more. At least it looked that way. So now we're kind of seeing that for an extended period of time with a full-time starter. And, I mean, for what it's worth, he did look pretty human, um, a little vulnerable at points in this series. And for them to be able to still win the series with their skaters, knowing they have Bennington behind them, I think that's the confidence boost and the evidence they needed to show that they are a top five team in the league with Bennington in net, at least. Yeah, absolutely. And and another person I want to highlight is Jaden Schwartz. He's got, if I remember this correctly, he's got 12 goals. Uh, this postseason, I think he only had 11 all regular season. I looked it up a little bit earlier today. I think that's what it said. So the fact that he's you know put already put more goals in the postseason than he has in the uh, the regular season, I don't, I don't know what that says about him. But I, I, the Blues have got to love that, you know. Yeah, I mean the uh, the Blues have a lot to be like happy about. I guess like they they definitely won the O'Reilly trade. Absolutely. I mean, the numbers yeah. he's putting up in the postseason, I think he's got something like 19 points so far in the playoffs, which is about what everyone they traded to get him got in the regular season combined. Or maybe maybe a little bit less. But, I mean, Berglund put up like 12 points for this. Like, weird, weird stuff for the guys that they traded to get him. So they've got to be happy that, you know, they've obviously won that trade, no matter what Sabres fans will tell you. No more. We don't need to see anything more. The Blues right. win with O'Reilly, and they quite literally win with O'Reilly. It, it, he's been Jaden Schwartz has been awesome as well. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly's really caught my eye. Not so much as a consummate winner because of the guys that, especially for Boston, you know, some of the guys that'll be up there like Tuca and Marshan and everything. It'd be he'd have to have an incredible final, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't put it past him. But we're here we're here with this matchup for a lot of reasons. There's been a lot of craziness. 
Um, the East was just sweep after sweep after sweep as far as the trail to get here. The West was a little bit less chaotic, but still had, I feel like a, a lot of the craziest calls came from the West. Yeah, so I, I feel like this postseason as fans, if you're a fan of, I mean, obviously if you're a fan of a team that went out in the first round, you, you didn't like this postseason, but as as not indifferent fans, my team didn't make the playoffs, so I'm just watching this as a hockey fan. I feel like this was an extremely fun postseason, and it's what we deserved because, like you said, the West was a little crazy. The East was sweep after sweep after sweep, and that's how we got here. But I feel like for the most part, this regular season was, meh, like, I don't want to say boring because hockey's never boring, but it was middle of the road. And I know, like, non-hockey fans are going to say, oh, you know, what's new? But for those hockey fans out there who, like, really enjoy hockey, I don't, there was no, like, real – I mean, Tampa was good. We know they were going to be good. We knew the Senators were going to suck. Like, I mean, everything was pretty much – went the way it was. I feel like this postseason was what we deserved. The mess in the West, as far as the postseason goes, I thought was I like extremely exciting to watch. <laughs> yeah, the mess in the West. Yeah, that's, that's good. But you're right, though, because <clears throat> the regular season in – it it's kind of the same way when you think about it in the postseason as far as like the way things went because the whole regular season we knew Tampa was going to be the one seed and then a quarter of the way into the season we knew Boston was the two it was safe to assume Toronto was the three there was a little bit of mix mixing it up in the metro but we we kind of knew the top two or three teams there um but like the West, everyone was kind of you know jockeying for position a little bit. Nashville didn't win the division until the last week, I believe. Um, and Calgary had a little bit of a lead in their conference or in their division, and they were a very very good team. Uh, and then you've got the you know the Sharks were just kind of there, but Vegas was up and down, especially towards the end of the season. You know they, I mean Vegas lost like eight out of ten games going into the postseason. Yeah. So that just kind of shows like how different things can be just after two weeks of games. Um, so the mess, the mess in the West definitely lived up to uh, expectations. And it's been a wild, wild ride to get here. And I sometimes you get to the postseason or to the Stanley Cup final and you're not positive you got the two best teams. Uh, but the way these two teams played in the postseason, I, I think it's fairly safe to say you have the two best teams. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've, from, we've talked. From coaching to, to first to fourth line to goalie like the entire thing yeah yeah from top to bottom yeah I agree I mean obviously we've talked enough about the luck that San Jose endured to get to the conference finals but I I mean I agree I top to bottom I think those two teams were very good very deserving of being in the conference finals I thought it was you know unfortunately the back half of the series was not as exciting as we were hoping but I mean we're at where we're at yeah and it'll still be I mean we'll we'll talk about it later but the it's going to be like the Northeast versus the rest of the country for this entire Stanley Cup final. And who knows? Yeah. Maybe maybe the streak continues and St. Louis just sweeps Boston because that's the way things have gone going through the East and coming out of the East. Maybe things happen the way the majority of us want it to happen, which is with Boston without a cup and without another championship parade. But it is difficult to root for St. Louis being a Blackhawks fan. And 
I don't know how you as a Red Wings fan, because there is history there. Obviously, the Eisenman goal in double overtime and things like that. Um, and this is obviously like just a, the tip of the iceberg as far as looking forward to the Stanley Cup final. But and don't don't give me any predictions, but rooting for St. Louis, as I assume you are. Is that difficult as a Red Wings fan or are you long gone because you're in the East now? Yeah, so I, it's actually a good question. I don't. I trust that we're on the same page on the on rooting for this this series, and it's it's not as it's not as difficult to be honest as as it would have been for me a few years ago. I I used to like honestly, God, I used to hate the Blues, and now it's you're right. I don't know if it's because I'm not or because we're not in that conference anymore or because. We, we just don't face them as much anymore, but I, I've warmed up to the blues. I, I like what they got going on and um, I have probably less of a problem rooting for them than you would as a Blackhawks fan. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because they, they were incredibly boring while they were like getting to this point, but this yep. entire postseason they've been more fun. Like yeah, they absolutely. were not a team I would ever turn on. And now I like now they're much much hockey. That might have to do with the fact that there wasn't that many games on, but they're still exciting. And, and you brought up Jaden Schwartz and you know, two hat tricks in the postseason, and Colton Pareko. I tweeted it today, and I'm not a big analytics guy. I'm getting to that point, but he's been unbelievable, and he won't win the the Conn Smythe because he's a defenseman. But he's been so good for St. Louis, and they are they are much more fun to watch than we could have ever expected. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, another point I was going to make about the the back half of that San Jose series. It just seems like St. Louis, and you kind of touched on it pretty much just now, is that they're just they're just getting better. It seems like as as the season slash postseason moves on, and it, it's hard to bet against a team like that. Yeah, it uh, it's gonna be a really fun Stanley Cup final. Let's just jump right into it. Let's get into matchups, um, top to bottom. The coaching matchup we've got still somehow interim head coach Craig Berube, which I think people are forgetting. Um, going up against Bruce Cassidy, you've got the the guy who's made a couple stops along the way and is literally an interim head coach against Bruce Cassidy, who coaches the Boston Bruins, which is enough to make me hate him. <laughs> who you got in that coaching matchup yeah I, I mean honestly I like Craig Berube just because you know the, the what he's done with the second half of the season I I don't know I don't really know I, to be honest with you I, I wrestled over this earlier today when I was going over the matchups I kind of want to give this a push just because I don't I don't think I can give an edge to either coach over the other one, just out of respect for the other coach. I, I think they've both done a, a phenomenal job with their team, and I don't I don't see a coaching edge in this series. I think it's going to be a lot of strategy-wise, it's going to be a lot of back and forth. I'm glad you said that because I completely disagree. I think there's motivation to be had on Craig Brubius. Not that winning a Stanley Cup isn't enough motivation for a coach, but Craig Brubius doesn't have a coaching contract yet. He comes out of this with a Stanley Cup ring. Holy payday. And that's what he's going for. That's the motivation on top of the motivation. And I think that gives him the, I don't care if he's the worst X's nose guy 
whatever he's doing is working. He's coaching for a Stanley Cup and probably a salary three times what he what he could have gotten if they don't make the playoffs or if they get bounced in the first round. He's got the motivation to to get them to where they need to be. And I'll give him the edge over Cassidy, not because Cassidy's complacent or anything, but because he's got that nice cushy contract. Yeah, no, that's that, that, that's a good point. But Ruby's got nothing to lose here. I, I mean, essentially, if you think about it, he's not, you know, if literally worst case scenario is that they fire him, which I don't even see happening if they lose. So, I mean, you're right. You're right. He's got he's 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 got to be more free to do what he wants, I, I would assume, than than Cassidy. Yeah. So I was debating on whether we were going to go line by line, but that's exhausting. <laughs> and we, we're not, we're not an exhausting podcast. So forwards, this one might be a little obvious, but who do you have, who do you give the edge to in forwards? I'm going to give the edge to Boston. Uh, I think, I think depth wise, maybe the blues have them, but I don't think, I mean, obviously that top line has been talked about all year. They were compared against Colorado and Colorado's top line was absolutely balling in the middle of the season. And this, this line just seemed to withstand the marathon better than Colorado's did. And I think they lived up to it. I I think they are the best line. I, I don't, I don't see the blues having any sort of edge overall forward wise, unless we see like lines three and four out there a ton for both teams. Yeah, you're you're right, and I agree. It, Boston has the forward edge because guys like Charlie Coyle and Marcus Johansson, as new additions, are finding the back of the net rare, but at the right time. And that's the type of scoring that you need in the Stanley Cup Final. Um, and if if Boston wins, it's because of the the third and fourth line guys just outplaying because Boston is. Everyone thinks Boston's like the super big, bad, and tough team. They're, they're a skilled, finesse team. They've got big guys that can hit, and they've got big old Chara in the back who is useless, by the way. <laughs> Boston Boston fans, you can tell me up and down how great he is and what a staple in Boston he is. He is not a good defenseman, but – Forward-wise, they've, they've just got too much skill. They've got too much scoring ability, um, and they definitely have the edge in forwards. And I'll just jump right into it. That's that's the last edge I'm going to give them. Defensively, I think St. Louis, I don't know what your feeling is, but St. Louis, just they've got a lot of experience. They've got guys who they haven't been here before, but they know pressure, whether you know it's been Olympics, World Championships, um, World Cup, and not that the Bruins don't have guys like that, but there are a lot more names on that St. Louis blue line that I trust than uh, on Boston. Yeah, that, that's a good point because I, I, uh, you mentioned Perico, Perico, You mentioned him a little bit earlier. I, I would tend to agree with you on paper. If you just looked at the teams, I would be inclined to maybe give it a push or maybe edge it, maybe edge it to Boston. But like you said, I mean, Char is not playing the way Char played when he was in his prime. And just, just by the eye test, I think, I think you're right. I think the blues got an advantage at the D line. I I just, it's just the, the the experience that they lack really. And I, I I don't know how that's going to play out in the Stanley cup final. Obviously after a couple games, we'll see, but 
You're right. I, I would tend to trust a few more D-men D on St. Louis than Boston at this point. Yeah, definitely. And be, behind these defensemen are two goalies that have been playing out of their mind. Um, one's been playing out of his mind for six months, five months, whatever. And one played really well for the postseason, um, but also has like 10 days off. And I don't trust Tuka Rass to come back at 940 after 10 days. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I was, Advantage Bennington. Yeah, I was going to ask because I I had the same thoughts. You know, Bennington's been, been strong for as long as he's been the starter, and Rask has been strong in the postseason, and I couldn't I couldn't really figure out which one was more important. I mean, obviously, you know, to, for those basketball fans out there, you see, you see Kawhi Leonard who just pretty much slacks off all regular season, and then he balls out in the postseason. I, do, do you value that over – the guy who's been strong for half a season, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, they're both on a high. Yeah, I think with goaltenders, it's if you've seen it long enough, it's true. And and I know that's like a really lazy way to put it, but Tuca, he's been inconsistent, and you know, yes, all. In the big picture, Tuca's a very good goaltender. I'm not going to say great, definitely not a Hall of Famer. Um, but he does enough to get Boston to do what Boston needs him to do. N- not with this type of rest. Not under – like, Tuca seems mentally soft. And I, I don't know if that's true, and that might just be, like, that anti-Boston thing I've got going on. But I just don't trust him to be able to rebound – in a bad loss, and I don't trust him to come back strong. I don't want to say fit, but ready to go after this layoff. I think the layoff is, if anything's going to lose Boston the finals, it's going to be this layoff and I, for Tuca, and that's going to be their biggest issue. And that's why I'm give. That's why I have to give the edge to to St. Louis in that with Bennington. It's just it, it's too much, and it's been too long to say anything, but. This is who Jordan Bennington is. Yeah, that, I, that's a good point. I could and I could be I could easily agree with you. I mean, like I said, I've I've been on the fence about this, but that's a good point. You know, I mean, the rest he very well could come out rusty. Also, he's Canadian, so he's got a great shot at the consmite <laughs> because you know they they love giving it to their their old Ontario boys. Um, biggest storyline going into the Stanley Cup Finals. There, there's a lot. What are you focusing on, number one, going into game one? Uh, no, The number one thing I'm looking for game one is St. Louis, the St. Louis offense, I guess the St. Louis forwards, to make it simple, against the Boston D. Uh, we talked about the depth of the St. Louis offense and how we thought Boston had a, the edge on forwards. But if you go forwards versus D, I think the edge might be St. Louis, and I want to see them come out in game one and show it. Because if they don't, I'm afraid that Boston's going to have the the uh, momentum, I guess, for to take the series. Yeah, I uh, that's a, that's a really good point. I actually, I thought about that a little bit, but my main focus is just going to be whether or not St. Louis can withstand what I can only imagine is going to be a barrage of really high, hard hits from Boston. Probably most of them will be legal, but I think it's going to be a lot of Boston trying to punk St. Louis into thinking that they're not ready for this. 
because Boston can do that. I know I just said they're not a big, tough hitting team, but they can play that role for a period. And if it's the first period and they do it with success, St. Louis is in a lot of trouble, confidence wise. Um, I don't think that I don't think St. Louis will let that get under their skin because of guys like Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly, who we didn't talk about Tarasenko, but he looks really good too. Um, But that's my biggest. Can can St. Louis just stand tall and get through this facade that will be we're going to hurt you unless you let us win type thing that you're going to see from Boston. Yeah, I that, I think that's a good good thing to keep keep your eye on. I I agree. I think Boston's going to come out aggressive, um, but I, I I tend to agree with you. To be honest, I think St. Louis is going to. They're not going to be like all those other teams in the East, where like oh oh shoot, this is going to be a long series. Boston's shoving us into the boards nonstop. I I and I don't know why. I don't know what about St. Louis makes me believe that. But I I'm going to agree with you. I don't think they're going to let it get under their skin. Yeah, I sure as hell hope so because that's going to be. If it if it becomes a mental game, I think Boston does win because they've got just they've got so many guys that can get on your skin. Um, I just I don't see it getting to that. So it's nice that we agree on that because there's we just don't want. Let's just do the prediction. I oh oh Boston and six. That's not what I want, but I think that's what's gonna happen. Uh, shit, I was gonna say Boston and six too. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll just I'll just suck it up and agree with you on this. I, I had Boston in six down. I'm not gonna change it now. I don't I'm a, I don't want it to happen, but you know that's it's just it's just the way it works. Like like we got and I know you don't watch Game of Thrones, but I got away with the hero winning two weeks ago with Game of Thrones. The villain definitely wins. This <laughs> so they get and I like I said, don't want it to happen. But I'm 25 years old. I don't really know a year without a Boston championship, let alone two, which is what we might be looking at. Um, yeah, so uh, to wrap up the Stanley Cup Finals, I got a quiz for you. Okay. Pop quiz. Uh, okay, so this is going to be a Stanley Cup Finals quiz. Uh, you made me look stupid last week, so let's see how you do. Um, this is going to be the Conference Finals Sweep Edition. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, Jesus. All right. Is this the subgenre that you were – Teasing that, oh my god! It is why is this a Stanley Cup final quiz? It is. It is a subgenre, so it's uh, it is the one I was talking about. We've got a Stanley Cup final quiz based on one of the teams having swept their conference finals. Okay. Okay. Is it like fifty fifty, or do I have to just? Guess? No, it's multiple choice. I'm, I'm gonna do the same format okay. you gave me, so you got four options. Okay. Question one: In the two thousand three Stanley Cup playoffs. This team swept their conference final series before losing in the finals in seven games. 2003. A, New Jersey Devils. B, Vancouver Canucks. C, Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. D, Ottawa Senators. The Ducks. It is the Ducks. Yeah, Martin Jaguar was, all, or yeah. No, Jean Sebastian Jaguar was amazing. For three rounds, I can't believe they lost that series. Yep they they lost in seven to the Devils. Uh, they and they swept the Minnesota Wild in the conference finals. Crazy how far we've come that the Ducks and Wild played in the conference. Finals. <laughs> well done, one for one. Number two. Thank you. The, Worth mentioning that you also got number one right. Yes, last yes. week, and then failed out. So we'll see how it goes. Number two in the two thousand nine Stanley Cup Finals. Saw the Pittsburgh Penguins defeat my Detroit Red Wings in seven games. 
in the conference finals, the Red Wings gentlemanly swept the Blackhawks in five games. But in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Penguins swept in four straight against what team? A, the Boston Bruins, B, the Carolina Hurricanes, C, the Washington Capitals, or D, the Philadelphia Flyers? The Hurricanes. It was the Hurricanes. Thank you. Thank You're you. killing Golf it. Golf clap. Golf clap. <laughs> they did sweep the Hurricanes in four games. All right, two for two. Number three. We're going to go way back for this one. The 1992 Stanley Cup playoffs saw an opening round with six different series go to Game 7, and the other two went as far as six. However, five of the remaining seven series would be sweeps, including both the Conference Finals and the Stanley Cup Final. Which of these teams swept both the second round and the Conference Finals before they were swept in the Stanley Cup Finals? A, Chicago Blackhawks. B, New York Rangers. C, Boston Bruins. D, Edmonton Oilers. Wait, so who lost the Stanley Cup is what you're saying? Yes, they swept two rounds before the Stanley Cup, and then they got swept in the Stanley Cup. Can you read them again? Yes. A, Blackhawks. B, Rangers. C, Bruins. D, Oilers. Oh, man. I feel like the Penguins won the Cup, so I think it's a Western Conference team. The Oilers. It was the Blackhawks. Damn it! You were very right. The, the Pittsburgh Penguins did win in a sweep. They also swept their conference finals against the Bruins, but they did sweep the Blackhawks in the finals, who swept the Oilers and the Red Wings on their way there. Well, of course they did, but damn it. <laughs> All right, two for three. Here we go, question number four. This is the most recent. In the 2013 Stanley Cup Finals, the Chicago Blackhawks took the cup over the Boston Bruins in six games. Interestingly enough, the Bruins' path in 2013 was very similar to their path this year. So of the following four events that happened this year for Boston, which did not happen for them in 2013? A, swept the conference finals. B, eliminated Toronto in seven games in round one. C, eliminated two different teams that came off of a sweep. Or D, not counting the finals, they played every series in fewer games than they did the previous series. That's tough. I feel like I'm going to get tripped up by the wording on this, so good job. But I want to say the beating two teams that were coming off sweeps. Was that one of the answers? Yep, you are correct. So this right. year, they beat two teams coming off a sweep. That was Carolina and Columbus. Um, they only beat one team. In 2013, coming off of the sweep. Yes. Who was it? I don't know. Do you know? Uh, Did you write that down? Uh, I have it here. It is. They they ended up losing. Oh, I I did mention that too. Duh. Um, they beat. Oh no, I'm sorry. They did not beat anybody coming off of a sweep. They did win one series in a sweep, but they did not beat anyone coming off of a sweep. Uh, just so we're clear, the Blackhawks scored two goals in 17 seconds in Game Six to win the Stanley Cup that year. So. That was almost the format of the question, but it was going to be too easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so final question. He's already doing better than I did. He's three for four right now. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks won the 2010 Stanley Cup, 
but they also owned the only sweep of the playoffs, which happened during, you guessed it, the conference finals. It was the first ever, the sweep, I mean, was the first ever playoff series between Chicago and what other team? A, Nashville Predators, B, Phoenix Coyotes, C, San Jose Sharks, D, Colorado Avalanche. The Coyotes. Mm, good guess. It was the San Jose Sharks. Damn it. I didn't think, I thought they played earlier in the 2000s. Damn it. The Coyotes did sneak into that playoffs, but uh, the Chicago Blackhawks played the Predators in the first round, which is also their first ever round against Predators. And the Sharks in the conference finals, they swept, and it was their first round against the Sharks. Or the first series against the Sharks. Three for five. Damn it. It's good, though. I mean, it's more than half. It's better than I did. Yeah. That was a really good quiz, though. Shout out to Zach Mack with those answers. Those were that was that was good. I mean, I probably wouldn't start with the division opponent for my multiple choice, but that did help me. So thank you. <laughs> no, that was really good. I, that was a lot of fun. We're gonna keep doing shit like that and keep you guys interested. Play along at home, but don't give me your answers because you probably googled it, and I don't trust anybody. <laughs> um. So that is before we move on completely from um, playoffs and and matchups and everything. Um, after the Sharks lost, obviously a lot of talk about all their free agents and whether Jumbo's going to retire and everything. And then Eric Carlson sends out a really weird tweet that is similar to the way he thanked Ottawa media after he left. Do we think Eric Carlson is a Shark beginning next year? No. Good answer. Uh, personally, I do not. I, I'm not going to begin to assume where he goes. But, no, the short answer is I don't think he stays in San Jose. I don't either. The tweet was weird. I don't know if you saw it. It was just like – I did not, to be honest. He, it was like he was walking out the door as he was tweeting. He's like <laughs> – and Ryan Lambert at Yahoo quoted it. He's like, uh, SAP Center in San Jose has an EK-sized hole in the wall. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he stays there either. It's just he, – he didn't look like he was having fun. It really didn't look like he was having fun, which is weird and shouldn't matter, but it does. Uh, he's been through a lot in the last couple of years. Um, and he's – it's crazy because he was so – even when he was on the ice hurt, he was the best defenseman on the ice. So if a team – if he can – whatever surgery he needs, because he obviously needs it, he – if he can get healthy, he's going to make a ton of money. But if he's not – Somebody might get the best defenseman still in the league um, who's recovering for cheap. And that's scary to think about because there are a lot of teams who don't have a lot of space but could win a cup. Now it just becomes, did he has he gotten so close to a cup twice now that he just thinks it's not in the cards and wants to go make all the money he can? Or is he still desperately trying to win a cup? Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you said that because I thought I was in the one percent. I I agree. I think Carlson's still a great defenseman. I I feel like he was playing sometimes on the Sharks, like the attitude, like you know, I, I'm not going to be here for the long term. I'm just going to do whatever I want. And he was getting a lot of flack on social media for the, for his play. And I know people were were dogging him, like this guy doesn't deserve to to make a lot of money or or this and that. But I agree with you. I think he's still one. I he he showed signs of. He's one of the best defensemen, and I think he's going to go. I saw rumors of him trying to, you know, go to Tampa or something like that. So I think he's going to go somewhere that gives him a chance to win a ring, if I'm being honest. 
Yeah, I think he's old enough because he is 29, I think. Um, he's like in that weird range of like, how big of a term do you give him contract wise? I I don't see him in San, in San Jose, in Tampa, because I think he is old enough to realize when a coach sucks and not to toot my own horn again, but John Cooper sucks yeah. at game planning, at least. And he wouldn't be the star there because they still have Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stankos. And how are they going to pay, even if they get Carlson on, on a, a we, I want to win discount, they still have to pay Braden Point. So it, it I that's like such a super team Golden State dream that I think a lot of people wish the NHL could see more of. But, I mean, if the, the Rangers are about to get one of the two best young players that we've seen since Matthews probably – he, if they want to restart the rebuild and think that Lundqvist has one good year left, maybe two, I can see him getting three years and a lot of money in New York because they have a lot of money to spend. And they still have Mika Zibanejad. They still have guys that they can go out and get. I wouldn't be surprised to see Eric Carlson as a Ranger. But like you said, I don't want to speculate too much because there's 30 teams with the possibility. I'd love to see him in Vegas. I'd like to see him in Vegas more than Chicago. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's kind of yeah. That's pretty much the reason why I said I didn't want to speculate because, like I said, I've seen things delighting. I don't. I I, I side with you. I don't tend to agree that that's going to happen. I, personally, I'd like to see him in Colorado. I don't know if they can make that happen. Oh, that would but be great. I think that would be fun to watch. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know how many guys they have to pay, especially after like the way this year. Yeah, went. but they didn't lose because they weren't defense. Well, they lost because of a bad offside call, but they. I, I still think depth is Colorado's number one concern, but I mean, you add a lot more than depth when you get Eric Carlson. So that's a good point. I, they weren't on my radar, but now they kind of are. I like that a lot. Yeah. I think they have one of Ottawa's uh, picks too. So I think they're going to pick early. I yeah. Think. They pick fourth or sixth. Yeah. One or two. They've got, they've got a good pick. Um, cool. Well, we'll keep track of Eric Carlson over the summer. Um, like literally keep, I'm going to follow him around. I, <laughs> uh, no, we're, we'll keep an eye on that and just kind of, um, keep everyone updated as much as possible on Twitter or here, whatever we can. The guy's a superstar and I just want to see him somewhere where he can win, which is Vegas. But, uh, I'm just, <laughs> um, let's talk about weed, man. Let's talk a little weed. Ooh, puck, puck, pass. Puck, puck, pass. If you didn't realize what the name was about, you're about to. Um, the NFL is really looking at its uh, National Football League for our like super Canadian listeners. That's what that means. Um, the the NFL <laughs> is looking into marijuana and its effects and how it can help or hinder players and if they can do better to maybe let these guys, whether it's oils or just smoking or whatever – help themselves recover because they're killing their athletes. That got me thinking one, obviously we have seven Canadian teams in the league in the NHL where weed is legal. And we've got the avalanche and California teams, um, Seattle soon. Is there any reason the NHL shouldn't do the same thing that the NFL is doing right now? Same thing as far as, as it looking into like, why has the NHL already stepped up and been like, 
us too. We're doing this too. We're, we're looking at marijuana and, and trying to figure out a way that it can help our players because no one really ever talks about the NHL drug policy because it doesn't really happen because there's so many like bland, boring guys in the NHL that like none of them are really going out and doing drugs, but except for Mike Richards, but <laughs> it, I think there's a lot as, as someone who I have chronic, chronic knee pain from an injury that happened over a decade ago. And one of the only thing that helps other than the pain pills that I would prefer to stay away from is whether I'm hitting a wax pen or, you know, smoking a joint, doing whatever. That's the consistent comfort that I get is from marijuana. And there's no way that these NHL players wouldn't feel the same. I think this just makes total sense for all these leagues, especially these contact leagues like baseball or like, like baseball, LOL, um, like hockey and football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I marijuana is not on the to my knowledge, it's not on the banned substance for the NHL. They don't. I don't think they test for it. Um, or they, I, I think they do test for it, but it's like a it's a small amount and it's anonymous. Like you, you're not you're not disclosed. I don't know. Someone can fact check me on that, but. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I've, ne- I can't relate to the the chronic pain. I've never had, fortunately enough, I've never had an injury like that. But you're right. I, what, what you go through, I'm, I'm assuming is the same, if not nothing, compared to what these NHL players are going through. So, I, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, obviously, we agree on this. We've talked about it enough. I don't. It doesn't. It's not. I, I'm stuttering because I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, it, no, I don't it's really a, it's know. a really controversial topic. Yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't, without sounding like a preacher, like it doesn't, it's not harmful. It's not addictive. It's not, you know, I, the NHL is right by not testing for it, I think. And I think other leagues would be right to, to follow the same path. Now, the way, the way you worded it about like using it to help your players, I don't know that the NHL is there yet, but, and I, I don't, I guess to word that better, I don't know that they're willing to go there yet. Um, but you're right. I think that's, I mean, times are changing. That's, that's the step we need to take. And it, it's with, with it being legal in Canada and with hockey having so much of a presence in Canada, I, I think it's the first professional sport to break that barrier. I just don't know when. Yeah, I'm looking, I have like four tabs open trying to find this prohibited substance list. It's like a uh-huh. puzzle. Like the NHL doesn't want us to know what's on their banned <laughs> substance list, but I mean, they have suspensions in place. I just don't know what it's for. I just know that Conor McDavid's not ending the game and smoking a blunt. Like that's right. not happening in the NHL, but I think it needs to be like, even if, okay, even if you don't want to like be naive and, and say, Oh, or, it's for the player's health. Just let them, like whatever they need to do, because these like Daniel Carcillo, who I did not like as a player, is very outspoken about protecting these players and helping them get through head injuries and serious bodily injuries that they suffer playing the sport that they love. No one is suffering an injury that they didn't sign up for, I should say. Like, I'm not blaming the NHL or the NFL for these players getting hurt because they know what they're doing. But we also know what can get them through the day sometimes. And it's marijuana, it's CBD oil, it's whatever, however you get it into your system. And for any listeners who partake as well, you know, there's a million different ways. Um, 
uh, and maybe Gatorade makes a gummy that's like CBD infused, like something, if the NHL can start making serious bank on it, this like yeah. snap of the fingers, this happens. But I think it's important to at least have the discussion. We've talked about this with rules as far as in game. Now we need to worry about these guys off the ice. And I think this is something that can help them. I, maybe it's just me wanting more weed around, but it's like, <laughs> it, it seems like a no brainer. Yeah. And honestly, I think one of the, one of the biggest concerns I could see from the NHL standpoint is affecting kids. Uh, and, and it's an important factor to, to think about, obviously. I mean, you want kids paying attention to your, to your sport, to your league. That's how you get people to grow through the game. But, on the other hand, I mean, you're on, you're showing, and I don't like to use the gateway conversation often because I I really don't think it's as, as influential as people think it is. But if you're if you're okay showing players sniffing salt on the bench, like you're literally showing it on TV, you can't be worried about guys, you know, enjoying marijuana in the off season or between you're ga- having, like they days have off. They have to do it like between periods, like to show that it stinks. Like, yeah. It's yeah, honest. And if you're if you're gonna bring up the gateway conversation, I mean, sniffing something on the bench is not the best message you're sending to kids who are watching TV anyway. So I, I really don't think that conversation holds any weight. So I I, I just really don't, it's a matter of time to me. I think they'll come around and realize that it's it's beneficial. But like I said, I the the timetable. I I it's we're in such a sensitive time yeah. period time time period yeah period of time whatever um uh, that it. it's 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 tough yeah it's tough to implement that like yeah. flawlessly yeah. i have th- three what you what all you just oh my god what is happening today <laughs> <laughs> like i swear we talk professionally like i don't know what's going on um it's like one of, yeah it is late one of the things that you can't really look past is by the time these kids are in high school or graduating high school whatever it may be they're like weed's gonna be legal across the U.S. anyway, so it's one less thing for the NHL to like have to worry about as far as the role models. But the NHL also is never the first to do anything. So these kids that have role models in sports, whether it's the NBA, NFL, probably not baseball because we know how baseball can be. They're already gonna have role models that are open about you know smoking weed after a game or whatever. That's just what happens. So. You're right to think that the NHL is going to be skeptical because of kids, but to think I'll never ever believe that anything comes before money in Bettman's eyes. And, you know, like I said, and this is really like the focal point of it, other than that it's necessary is if he can make money off of it, if he can profit off this somehow, we're not far from it. So that's, that's weed in, in hockey. Fun stuff. <laughs> um, we're all going to need some weed after this 90 seconds. Oh, got a 90 seconds. Okay, let's hear it. I hate Boston sports fans with a passion. You guys are the worst. Please, let's have a conversation on Twitter. An actual conversation. Not the, oh, if this, then that. Like, it's always there's always an excuse there's always some nonsensical reason that something is happening and when you're wrong you bring up the ring conversation like an old michael jordan fan we get it 
every 150 days you guys are celebrating a championship. That's awesome. I wish I lived in Southeast so I could celebrate with you guys as well. Or whatever podunk Boston town you're from or claim to be from, even though you live in Southern Connecticut or whatever these guys on Twitter are doing to me right now. It's ridiculous the amount of things that they think they can get away with because they're Boston. Like they're the, You're not even New York. New York doesn't win championships, and they are so much more important to the sports world. I think that's where – oh, I can't even finish the thought right now. I'm so heated about Boston. I've been waiting all day for this. Boston sports could drop off the face of the planet, and we wouldn't miss a beat. Nothing. Their championships are incredible. It's crazy what the Patriots – and Red Sox have done because the Bruins won one time the last two decades. Just so everyone remembers that the Bruins aren't this perennial Stanley Cup winning powerhouse. Guess who is? The Detroit Red Wings and Chicago Blackhawks. Who are friends of the show, uh, sort of. I, I cannot believe every time this comes around, we have to play underdog with the Boston Bruins or the New England Patriots, who are not a Boston sports franchise, by the way. Just, you're never the underdog. You're never going to be the underdog until my kids' kids are watching sports. And maybe not even until then. Tom Brady and Zidane O'Charo might still be playing when my kids' kids are watching hockey and football in however many years that is. It's ridiculous to think that anybody is counting you out other than they just don't want to see you win. A couple of you know who you are. This is non, it's a non-issue, non-starter, however you want to describe it. Boston sports wins championship, win championships. They celebrate. They have a great time. I'm so happy for you guys because outside of sports, Boston seems miserable. That's only sort of true. Just cut it out. We're, you win championships. I hope you win. I hope that you win this so we can hear about the underdog story. Cause I can't wait for that 30 for 30 or NHL presents whatever we're going to do about it. You're not an underdog. There's no underdog story to be had. You're going up against a team that was in last place five months ago. Cut the shit. There's no Boston underdog. That's my piece. <laughs> this is my favorite 90 seconds by far, so far. I've been sitting on that for a week. Yeah, now I, I 100, 140% agree with you. I I don't have anything against Boston teams, to be honest with you. it's all It's all my problems are with the fans. It just seems like... When they win, they they got to remind you that they win. And they got to remind you every single month that they win. It's like, we know you you ran through all of us in any, whatever sport it was, on your way to the championship. We had to yeah. watch it. We yeah, know. we know. Don't don't keep bringing that up as an argument as to why you're the, the best, whatever, fan base, sports city, whatever. It is. We know. We saw it. We know. Don't shove it in our face. We know. Yeah, and, and I like Tom Brady a lot. And I actually – I think Bill Belichick is really entertaining. I'm a Brad Marchand defender at times. I don't care about the Celtics or Red Sox. That's not like a hate for the – I just don't follow them. But you're right. It's just 100% the attitude. Like they can't be happy that they won because the whole world isn't celebrating with them. And when they lose, we still won. Like it's fun. Like, sports are supposed to be fun, and they turn it into this pissing contest that a lot of fan bases do that. I'm not – like, Boston's not the only annoying fan base, but they're the most pretentious, just dickhead fan base. And I, I tweeted out as soon as the Blues won. I was like, this is going to be the most we deserve it 
Stanley Cup final ever because St. Louis, I hate saying teams deserve a cup, but out of these two, St. Louis does. And Boston just goes to championships thinking they deserve to win because they win everything. So it just seems like it never ends in – I feel like we're about to go through it again. Yeah, yeah, because I, I mean, one way that I can, I guess, put it in perspective is that I, obviously, uh, being from Michigan, being a Detroit fan my whole life, I don't like Chicago sports whatsoever. But the Blackhawks went on that Stanley Cup tear, and then the Cubs won the World Series, and I still, as much as I hate Chicago sports, did not get the the. The, the what's the word I want to use the aggression from yeah. Chicago fans that we the arrogance yeah that we, yeah exactly the arrogance that we get that we get from Boston fans every year every month every day and it's it's just a shame that I hate Chicago sports but I hate them for their teams I don't hate them for their fans yeah. and I hate Boston for their fans and not their teams it's just a shame yeah like Chicago's broken your heart but. The Boston fans are ruining your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, I, I, I get it, and it is what it is. Like I, as a, as a black, and I'm, I don't really follow like all the Chicago teams because I, I didn't live there for a big portion of my life. But, it, I mean, Chicago beat the Bruins in the finals less than a decade ago. I think we can talk about that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 like when Bruins, like if, if. I don't know what we're talking about because they're always bringing up this or that, but somehow history only matters when they like the 2011 Stanley cup final means more to the world than last year's final or the 2013 final that they lost to the Blackhawks. Like history only matters when it benefits them, which is such a new England thing. But uh, you know how I calm down from a, from a Boston rant like that. I get my best Memorial Day grub in a nice whiskey on the rocks, and I just, I just go to town. Well, it's perfect timing then because that's exactly what we got coming up. Well, look at that. Your order is served. Zach Mac, when you are celebrating Memorial Day weekend and you're making your plate, you're having a cookout or you and the lady are you know making a big spread in, in the house, what's going on, on your plate? What has to be on your plate? Sure. Uh, for, I mean, first things first. Memorial Day is what it is because of those who who have done what they've done overseas. So I want to I want to acknowledge that first and foremost. Um, as much as of a long weekend as this is for everyone, that that that's the reason we have it is for the people that are serving serving our country. So um, props to them. You know, all respect in the world. <laughs> um, but as far as the spread goes, uh, obviously I like grilling on Memorial Weekend. It's the unofficial first weekend of summer, so. That there's no better way to cook the to kick it off. I like uh, I'm a big fan of burgers on the grill. To be honest with you, I know I know some people like hot dogs, some people like barbecue, but uh, I like burgers on the grill. So I'm I'm a big burger guy. Uh, chips, you know, everything that's bad for me that I can put on a plate that that screams summer is what I'm putting on my plate. Nice. What are you drinking? It's probably a light beer, something like uh, Coors Light or Natty Light. I'm not I'm not I'm gonna be honest with y'all. That's that's what that's what's gonna be. Yeah, and a lot and it's, of them. it's hot down where you are, I'm sure. So, yes. like a like an IPA isn't great on a holiday in right. Memphis. You get it. I get it. Um, that sounds really good. I I will say, as a larger man like myself, 
I stuff my plate a little bit more. So I'm going to go on the grill like you. I'm going to throw some brats right next to your burgers. Okay. Um, spicy. I'm going to have one burger and a brat. Do you do cheese-filled brats or no? I don't. I don't eat cheese, but okay. thank you for asking. That's okay. important to the podcast. From now on, remember, I don't eat cheese. Um, I'm going to do one of each, mustard only on the brat, uh, onions, ketchup, and mayo on the burger. I know it's a lot. You're probably eating standing up, but that's the way you got to do it. And potato salad with plain ruffles. Not together, and... but like that's my plate. Like okay. I got plain ruffles next to the potato salad next to the next to the protein okay what are you drinking earlier in the day i'm gonna go with a malibu sunrise rose which is malibu peach schnapps orange juice pineapple juice and a little bit of uh grenadine and then i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna finish i'm gonna finish the evening with the double jameson on the rocks okay i like it it it's a, it's a fun, like you said, it's the unofficial first week in the summer. Also, until I was 15, I thought Memorial Day was Labor Day. So, <laughs> it, it, it was a tough few years for me. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to celebrate. Uh, we're going to do a lot of remembering. Uh, we're going to have a really great time. But also, we're probably going to flip the TV on. So, what are you going to watch this weekend? Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought it up before we started recording because um, we were looking at basketball schedules and obviously hockey doesn't start till Monday. So if you count that as the elongated weekend, we're going to be watching game one of the Stanley Cup final, of course. Uh, but on top of that, we've got the every year the annual uh, NCAA lacrosse championship is on Memorial Day weekend and we got that this year. So I know that I'm going to be watching that. Are you going to be watching it? I am. I might not watch all the semifinals. But I, I always tune in for the final um, whenever I, I do, like I mentioned earlier, I have to work a little bit this weekend. Um, I'm going to watch Toronto and Milwaukee NBA playoffs tomorrow night. I'm going to be watching some lacrosse. Uh, I might go play golf, but mainly uh, I'm going to be just waiting with bated breath for that game one. <laughs> All right, cool. So, yeah, obviously uh, we're, we're hockey fans. We're big hockey fans here, but um, we've got a little bit of a lacrosse background, so – that's why we're watching that. If you guys want to tune in, it's uh, Saturday of the semifinals, and Monday is going to be the championship. They do it every year, and it is on. Uh, it's on ESPN two. As much as we don't like ESPN, they don't cover hockey like we do. It, it that's where you're going to want to tune in. Also, the Boston of college Duke Blue Devils are playing Virginia in the semifinals, so go root against them. And we are Penn State, the one seed, playing Yale in the other semifinal. Let's go, Penn State. Uh, James Scipioni Sapone that we work with at Belly Up. Uh, he still goes to Penn State, so I hope he's going to tune in. Other than that, do we have any last thoughts? We covered a lot. This is a fun podcast. I'm sweating. Yeah, I'm sweating yeah. from yelling about Boston. <laughs> no, yeah, this was a fun podcast. I got, I got nothing else. I'm excited for this uh, the Stanley Cup finally get underway. It's what we've been waiting for all year. So hopefully next week we will come to you with a 2-0 St. Louis Stanley Cup final. <laughs> Uh, that might be a pipe dream, but we are looking so forward to it. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, which is in our new outro, which I made sure I got up last week. Thank you so much uh, to to Connor and Stephanie. For Zach Mack, I'm KJ. We will talk to you next week. Have a fun weekend and salute to the veterans.
Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at BellyUpZachMath, and at PuckPuckPassPod. Yeah.